Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie. And I'm Sushi. And we are back. I know, finally. How are you feeling about season 2, Sushi? I'm really looking forward to it, considering some of the interviews that we have lined up. Portfolios, street lettering, entrepreneurs, and of course, more deep discussions between us. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really happy to get the ball rolling again too. And speaking of deep discussions, you're going to love today's topic, which uh, gives a lot of scope for those chai time, endless discussions. (laughs) Ah, Takes me back to season one and also to design school days. What are we talking about? So, it all started when I watched a talk by Mitch Goldstein called Delightful Confusion. He was talking about how confusion and ambiguity can actually be a resource in design education or even uh, education in general. Uh, Mm. We will be, of course, linking to that talk. But it got me thinking about ambiguity as a positive, if not absolutely necessary resource. Delightful confusion uh, (laughs) sounds both delightful and confusing to me. I listened to the talk as well and I do agree about how the finished stage of a product or design is glorified among designers while most of the thinking and struggling happens in the beginning and middle of the projects. The confusing bits where we are still putting the pieces together. Absolutely. Although these days it's nice to see a lot more emphasis on showing process and mistakes made along the way, especially in like portfolios, design blogs, even interviews. So to get some clarity on this topic of confusion. I see what you did there. (laughs) Yeah, the possibilities are endless, so I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Um, So what do we mean by ambiguity? When everything, when not everything is clear or well-defined, I guess the land of the unknown. Mitch also talks about this essay by writer Grace Paley Hmm. called The Value of Not Understanding Everything. I really like the quote from the essay, had I been blessed with even limited access to my own mind, there would have been no reason to write. That was so interesting. Yes, that state of mind could be useful for designers too, knowing that you don't know and uh, also to be comfortable with it. Or at least if you can't be comfortable with it, at least try to exploit it and not avoid (laughs) it. I remember I wrote a blog post once a long time ago actually called The Dilemma of Prior Knowledge about how once you're aware of something, it's hard to become unaware of it and look at it in a new way. And this can be a limitation sometimes. I think it can also become a comfort zone where you like the predictability that comes with the clarity, Mm -hmm. which can be useful depending on the face of the project that you're working on. But nothing like fresh eyes to trigger those interesting creative thoughts. Angie, why do you think we need to train ourselves to accept ambiguity? Um, Maybe because of the uncertainty that comes with it. Uh, We want to start at the end and work backwards. That's kind of how we would instinctively do it. Hmm. This is also something that is passed on to us in our education system, where we study with the end in mind instead of making room to chance upon ideas and those good distractions. Yeah, contrast that with some of our design courses, right, that were more open-ended. You know, the kind where they just give you a block of material and tell you to go crazy with it? (laughs) I kind of never really enjoyed those. I'd be dying to know exactly what was expected so that I could plan and actually get something done. Yeah, well, I think maybe it wasn't so much the ambiguity itself that killed the fun, but uh, the lack of constraints. 
somehow mm. as humans we are used to facing hurdles in pretty much everything we do so we suddenly feel lost with no strings attached that's where the balance between clarity and ambiguity comes into play you know i was reading about how children who are given resources for unstructured independent play become more creatively courageous ah yes those fresh untamed minds they just take what is given and make things up as they go but do you think it's also because they're provided with an environment inside which that open ended play is safe and encouraged i like how you said safe sometimes we are afraid to think creatively because of vulnerability fear uh, fear like fear of judgment or even failure here again making those dedicated time slots and non-judgmental spaces within which you can go crazy can help get creative value out of the ambiguity and maybe spending more time in that non-judgmental space can help us reduce our biases which creep in so easily when we are in a com- comfort zone where we have figured everything out and as we've discussed last season when there's no bias it can lead to deep empathy absolutely and uh, this can bring out some meaningful solutions uh, while also making us better designers and probably better human beings too yes so less bias fresh ideas maybe even humility what's not to like about ambiguity right <laughs> um there's that classic illustration of a tangled scribble on one end unraveled uh, all the way on the other end yeah i know we usually stumble into it but do you think we can consciously make ambiguity a resource in our design process um well the design process itself is a way uh, to bring more clarity with each step and refine solutions based on all the constraints that we encounter hmm. and to dive in we need to start with getting comfortable with and also accepting ambiguity i read this article on fast company recently that made a distinction between complicated problems and ambiguous problems and uh, there was this very interesting analogy uncertainty is when you've defined the variable but don't know its value like when you roll a dice and you don't know if it'll be 1 2 3 4 5 or 6 when it comes to ambiguity you don't even know what the variables are and you don't know how many dice we are rolling or how many sides they have or which dice actually count for anything sounds familiar <laughs> like i've been there i think being exposed to ambiguity often uh, can help us to ask better questions to clear up the fog so getting used to the confusion to make way for clarity but you know when it comes to clients i think we need to be very tactful in how we expose this ambiguity hmm. i once made a statement i don't know yet during Whoa. the early <laughs> stages of a project uh, during a client meeting hmm. and they did not take this well <laughs> i wonder why <laughs> <laughs> I think clients want to believe that you're the person who will know exactly where to hit the nail and get it right. done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's also because of how designers are perceived. Uh yes, uh when it comes to doctors and patients, a patient uh, seems to have more patience with a doctor <laughs> as the tests are done and possibilities are eliminated to arrive at uh, a diagnosis. Yeah, or uh, when a plumber checks for a leaky pipe, hmm. they somehow look like they know what they're doing. but a designer is almost never viewed as a problem solver 
so when we ask questions that can help us unravel the ambiguity we either come across as ignorant or as judgmental mm. so and this sometimes backfires because they could refuse to even accept that there is a problem in the first place uh, i think again we uh, need that skill of educating the client about what we do why we do it and maybe also not say i don't know yet <laughs> Well, you know, I would read the client and then take that call. But yes, uh, we must say whatever communicates that we're on track. This is how the process works. Everything we've is okay. <laughs> yeah, we've got your back. <laughs> so here's another question I'd like for us to discuss. Okay, is there ambiguity in the design career? And if yes, can that be a resource? First of all, that's a big yes. and uh, choosing a career whether it's design or anything else it comes with a good amount of confusion not everything is revealed for us at the moment when we are making the decision right yeah a lot of us just follow our passion and end up in the design field hmm. but i think it's a constant process of making decisions uh, in the face of ambiguity and confusion well if it's any comfort a lot of creatively courageous experiences i have had have been when i didn't know enough or wasn't sure if everything was going to work out in the end you mean like how we started this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this is a shining example of that you know as much as i've tried to run away from ambiguity i've fallen deep into that pit with regards to my career and i think this is a symptom of being interested in just about everything Hmm. I've had a tendency to just dive into things without mapping out the steps to success. Hmm. And I've found that when I do plan and map things out, it never turns out the way I plan. Hmm. So I've come to terms with that on some level. Um yeah, I think we all go through that uh, coming to terms with the ambiguity in our careers. Plus there are all these other variables that come into play if you consider the changing technologies and new career options that can come up. Yeah, there are these new technologies being introduced every day which make a lot of things easier and also make a lot of new things possible. And this means that job descriptions are constantly evolving and the terminologies are being thrown around and yeah. I find it quite confusing and frankly I feel terribly underqualified every time I see new stuff added to the list of uh, skills expected. That's so true. Uh, but also I think lifelong learning is much more accessible today with so many online resources, not to mention getting inspiration and even career mentorship of sorts with the people we find online. If we are open to the non-linear career graph, it could be quite refreshing and result in those happy accidents. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think taking up side projects of fiddling in work that you're not qualified for can help us fall into these happy accidents. Right. The more of an expert you become, you tend to not take risks. And these happy accidents tend to happen when you don't know enough. Oh yeah. And happy accidents make happy designers. So, <laughs> I think there's that t-shirt quote from this episode if anyone was looking for it. Well said. At this point I also want to talk a little about what ambiguity is not. Yes, this acceptance of ambiguity cannot be an excuse for designing confusing, frustrating or meaningless products or experiences. Though I think we could intentionally design ambiguity into products 
to provide experiences of mystery and wonder <laughs> sometimes a design intended to spark that very wonder could lead to confusion and ambiguity about how to use it <laughs> like this one time i came across a very strange but beautiful wash basin uh, at a hotel <laughs> and it looked really fancy but i had no idea how to turn on the water afterwards seemed like minutes of trying to figure it out i just settled for a paper towel <laughs> so that thin line between delight and frustration but there are cases where it kind of works out like you know those non-linear story books that can have multiple endings or interpretations yeah i love those but again here the variables are defined like there are a set of possible endings that the author has already mapped out but sometimes it can be more confusing like have you heard of this video game called no man's sky no wh- what's it about So I don't play a lot of video games but I was really excited to see the trailer of No Man's Sky. Uh this is a procedurally generated game which means that planets, landscapes, elements are randomly generated using an algorithm which means new wow. scenes are generated as you wander around. That sounds super fascinating and So how would you win this game? It's supposed to be open ended so the only real task is survival. Hmm. and there are all these dangerous species and poisonous substances that also get generated okay and you have that to survive looks, them <laughs> that looks like a lot of variables yeah uh, i don't know if i would survive <laughs> <laughs> so while this was a really cool achievement in the technical sense and the graphics were stunning it didn't really live mm-hmm. up to the hype because eventually the game became kind of monotonous one game reviewer wrote that while you could procedurally generate 18.6 quintillion unique planets you couldn't procedurally generate 18.6 quintillion unique things to do wow also i guess most players don't want to deal with the ambiguity of open play uh, but it's more about enjoying those specific challenges and tasks hmm yeah maybe also i think it's important for us as humans to feel a sense of autonomy uh, where we're given a chance to trust our instincts and maybe engage our imagination i see your point about how sometimes it can go overboard but when it's actually carefully constructed i think it can be quite delightful you mean like the wacom pen that works as an eraser when you instinctively flip it around yeah you know i was actually surprised that the apple pencil doesn't do that maybe apple wants you to trust your instincts as an artist and doesn't want you to erase your work <laughs> Um also there are areas where ambiguity is not helpful like say specialized careers that require you to know and understand the domain something like healthcare or finance where the stakes can be high hmm it would be a good idea though to have teams of expert and novice combinations to get some interesting solutions right get those fresh set of eyes in you know to make some room for constructive skepticism so to use ambiguity as a resource consciously we would need to flip how we think about it yeah i think it's important to be aware of it instead of trying to avoid it or fight it basically get used to it uh it ain't going nowhere <laughs> <laughs> i mean i understand its value but if i had a choice i would pick the non ambiguous part i struggle with it too uh but there's a small part of me that gets excited whenever there is ambiguity like uh, this could be nothing or this could be magic <laughs> right <laughs> so between the two of us i guess we could actually get something done if we put our minds on it together <laughs> oh wait 
we did right uh, i may or may not admit to how long we took to create the content for this episode um but hey we wrote this one out and yeah. i think we learned quite a lot sushi <laughs> we did so listeners accept ambiguity learn to switch between the two ways of thinking blue sky or no man's sky <laughs> <laughs> or within constraints um whether self made or circumstantial so ambiguity is a friend too like feedback though together that would be ambiguous feedback and that's not very really useful <laughs> speaking of feedback in our next episode we are talking portfolios join us as we talk to someone who has written a whole lot about it you can tweet to us at design lota and tell us about your love hate relationship with ambiguity until then bye bye Thank you.